Hello and welcome to another episode of Candela with me, Alan Schaller. And me, Christopher Hooten. So today we're taking a little break from our amazing lineup of guests that we've had and it's going to be a bit of a discussion between me and Chris, the hosts. Yeah, hope everyone's been enjoying the show thus far. We've got some, uh, a few more exciting guests coming up in the coming few weeks, but yeah, Alan says we just thought we'd kind of get together and have a little chat about black and white today, seeing as it's throughout you know my time as a film critic it's something I've been thinking about a lot but never really I think properly thought about uh and it's been a huge part of Alan's career obviously with him now pretty much exclusively shooting in black and white so it'd be quite nice to just actually consider it and think about what it what it all means and, and why to do it and when not to do it it's definitely a better idea than me talking about color photography yeah it would be sure. a short conversation yeah so <laughs> obviously you know black and white was born out of necessity it was just that was all there was so people did that and then when color started to come in you know suddenly it was like a choice and i guess probably everyone immediately gravitated to color because it was there and it was a new thing it was different uh whereas you know sometimes now it's people doing it to kind of sometimes stand out a little bit more um why don't you just talk a little bit about because i know when uh you were first taking photos you did you used to do a fair amount in color and then i remember there was a period where you were kind of switching between the two and then slowly but surely you went you fully went over to literally the dark side went over to the dark side yeah so for me um I felt a kind of guilt that I wasn't shooting in color and I felt like I needed to show people that I could and that I wasn't this kind of one trick pony could only shoot in a certain style uh, before, you know, realizing that I can actually have a, a varied style within black and white as a, as a thing. And, and it almost doesn't matter to me anymore. Like I don't really care about black and white versus color. It's just, you know, if someone's work is great, is you know that that's that's important. Uh, the medium isn't as important to me, but I, I I just gravitated towards black and white because I just did. Like the the photographers I was into, such as um, your boy Bresson, Bresson, who you've talked about before, yeah, yeah, my boy Bresson, HCB, the original OG, <laughs> um, Logis, <laughs> French. Um, and Fan Ho, Sebastian Salgado, all those all those people were shooting black and white and I collected their books before I knew really what was going on. And, you know, I had a couple of uh, books that were colour, but the, the vast majority was black and white. And I eventually just accepted that that's what I wanted to do. That's who I was. I, I don't know. I'm just naturally... I, I gravitate towards it anyway. And I've built up skills in, in, in that sector that uh would take me quite a long time to now catch up with color and it's just i've just i've just gone down this road too far now <laughs> yeah i mean it's more it's more dramatic isn't it i guess and and especially you know the kind of style you like and a high contrast i think i guess it just in in the pursuit of lines and angles and a lot of the stuff that you're into it kind of lends itself to that i guess uh yeah i i, I think that again I, I think people place a bit too much importance on it because I think you can shoot a really nice geometric, uh, angular, mm. powerful, dramatic picture in color. Um, you know, it, it's more, but but black and white does definitely lend itself to certain elements, such as shapes and lights, and you you can kind of, depending on what the photographer's vision is, you can you can guide the audience to looking at different things in black and white to in color. But I think that. You know, I wouldn't say that black and white is necessarily more 
dramatic than color i'd say it's more just the photographer is more dramatic than another photographer if you like and they use their medium you know it, both can be equally punchy in my opinion uh it just depends who's shooting it and how good they are uh, at expressing themselves in those mediums fair how how often though do you find yourself in a situation where you're like oh boy it would be good if i was shooting color right now um honestly not not a huge amount anymore um i I think it's more important once you've developed your own niche to to hold on to that, like desperately cling on to it like a precious baby. Mm. Uh, you you can't. Um, it, yeah, the the it's much more important to me to to shoot stuff that is consistent with the rest of my portfolio than it is to have an unlimited. You know, than 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 to start looking for things that aren't aren't in my style. I'll I'll just accept that 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 um, belongs to other photographers and. But yeah, there have been times like when I was in India or in Cuba where I thought, damn, that, you know, that's a color picture right there. Yeah. Uh, but I just walk on by. Yeah. And when you occasionally do shooting color, whether, you know, it's for fun or it's for a commercial thing or for a reason or whatever, do you, find, do you feel like you're a bit rusty and you're like, oh, this, I forgot about the old spectrum? Yeah. Well, any clients listening, no, I absolutely <laughs> don't. But uh, the real answer is, yeah, I mean, I, I'm... I feel like I, I, I understand how to edit in color and I get color photography and uh, it's just, I'd, I'm, I'm not a bad color photographer. It's just, I don't, it's just not at the same kind of point as, as my black and white stuff. So I always feel a bit let down when I'm shooting in color. Mm. And also the pictures just don't look like mine. They, it's really hard to, for me to see myself in in color pictures even if it's like the same kind of shot that i would try in black and well actually yeah, it very... makes sense yeah i don't know but i've got a lot of time for for color photographers and and black and white photographers obviously Pe people often say black and white's easier than than color yeah which i think is total rubbish uh i think that anything is really difficult to kind of master you know, yeah, I, I guess I see. Uh, I see where they're coming from. Not that you know, black and white's easy and color's hard, but obviously, you're you're when you if you're taking away a color, there must it must give you more options in some ways. There are there are scenes that wouldn't work in color that maybe you can make work in black and white. Yeah, but it works the other way around True. as well. So like, there are plenty of times where the light is just totally flat and rubbish, and I don't know, maybe some there's been an interesting mix of colors that have appeared and I thought, okay, you know, like you see a yellow taxi in New York and someone mm. in the yellow. I, I'm not a big fan of those color matching shots anyway. I kind of feel like it's a bit like... A bit done, well, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, so some of them are amazing, but sometimes it's like, you know, okay, I get it. There's a yellow over there and there's yellow over there. I guess, yeah, shooting in black and white, you are at the mercy of light more, aren't you? Because there are a lot of color shots that have quite flat lighting, but there's something about the color and about the subject that means it can work, whereas... I guess a, a badly lit black and white shot is a difficult proposition. Um, yeah, it, it's. I, I think black and white is about contrast and tones, tonality, whereas colour is about hues, and it's just it's just a different kind of balance. And uh, it was interesting hearing Steve McCurry talk on episode what was it episode two? two yeah, um, about what he looks for when he's walking down the street and he says he looks for the right light and the right color. I look for the right light and the right kind of shapes. So, yeah. so I guess that's a, a bit of a separation there. But do you still get uh, people trying to be like, you're a cop out, you know, 
for shooting black and white do you still come into that like mm. the negativity around it occasionally no I, I think i think people just look at the pictures now and they just go okay they're you know uh and just look at the pictures and don't think about the black and white so much i, I think yeah. it's people getting into it who are more obsessed with that kind of thing and who are like oh you're only good because you shoot on a on a leica you know so yeah it's, it's yes i do have the what i consider the best tool for for my job but you know, if you give a beginner a, a great camera, it doesn't mean that they're automatically going to start shooting mm. really interesting stuff, which is, uh, and, and it's the same thing, you know, I, sometimes I'll get comments on Instagram that say, you know, why don't you shoot in color? And I'll just say, because I don't. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not something I really think about anymore. It's, I, I just, I just produce what I want to produce and hopefully keep it within my style. Or try and advance the style a little bit. That's the ultimate goal, but it's it's difficult. Yeah. I guess my, my sort of feeling about black and white is, I guess it's changed a little bit. I think I originally, I, when I was younger, I, I used to be quite, not anti it, but I think just more from a film background, I was just never hugely into it. I don't know. I think it's so different for some reason, uh, the use of black and white in film compared to photography. Mm. Um, yeah, expand on that. Expand on that. Uh, yeah, I, I just think when you've got a single a single frame, as photography is, it, it it works really well. I think often in something about it in in film, it can it can look weirdly lifeless, or it's it's a much harder proposition. It's like you know, people will be more than happy to see some photography in black and white. But like, if you go to any studio or like production company or producer and be like, uh, they're, and they're really into the script and they're like a great project. And you're like, I think we should do some black and white. They'll be like, fuck off. <laughs> it's a really hard proposition. And yeah. there's like a, you know, all their data will say black and white films don't sell as well. No one will watch it. And I'm, I'm not sure, hundred percent sure why that is. I don't know. Maybe people see it associate it more with oh it must be some kind of artsy concept film and they just want to watch transformers i think i, I think that, that's probably it actually is that there's, there's yeah immediately like the perception that oh this is going to be a super arty thing and probably not very easy to watch which i mean, I mean half the time yeah, is probably right yeah, it's but, absolutely bang on yeah. most of the time what was that film uh Ro roma roma yeah um that was actually i know we we different our feelings about that film but um I, I really liked the the black and white in that yeah chris chris and i talked about it everyone was like you've got to go see this film it's in black and white it's like black and white masterpiece it's and not your style of black and white it's, no it wasn't even that it was more it was more just the film itself that um yeah we should I, talk about the I, I, it, I should probably watch it again but i find it, it i found it just really slow I also found it slow. We've got to put a pin in this and talk about this in a little bit because I think there's a really interesting thing to do with film. But before we get ahead of ourselves, with the obviously because that film was such like a, a, a landmark in, in the kind of monochrome filmmaking, it was weird that it was like, it was very, I, mean, I saw someone refer to it as not black and white, but like silver and white. It was very... Uh, it was very, very, yeah, like mid-tones. Yeah, metallic looking, which I, I kind of dug, but... yeah. I, I don't know. I I I'm. I just felt like it wasn't graded. <laughs> it, it was really weird. I, I felt like it had been shot in raw. Like. I think that's maybe that is because you're you're used to a different kind of style though. Like I I'm I'm really into like I think with film in particular I'm really into super low contrast and sometimes you get when you know these these cameras the Arri Alexas and the Reds and stuff they spit out this footage that uh you know has got all the information inside it that you can bring out but it comes through very low. Yes. I'm sometimes like. 
I kind of like this. And then, you know, the editor will put on, so there's a thing called an LUT that they, uh, people when they're editing is just like basically a slapdash color grade that just brings everything up. So you know what you're, you know, you're not looking at. I'm actually like, I kind of liked it better when it was just the super low glass faded. Well, again, I I, I come from a certain school of thought with black and white and I'm a big fan of what Ansel Adams said when he said that all, you know, for him, a black and white print should have all the tones from black to white and every layer of grey represented. And I've never seen more beautiful prints than his um, in person. And I just totally buy that and agree with it. And I feel like black and white that hasn't got rich tonality is almost like missing the point of of black and white. And and it's it's not that you have to have something super crushed and super negative spacey and all that you don't have to do that it's more just having a nice image that shows all that all of that tonality and, and it's a real skill to be able to do that and uh like in ed like in the editing like the dark room or the or the light room side of things and i felt like some of the film noir stuff like back in the day was just mm. beautiful like, yeah absolutely gorgeous and really inspiring for me um shout out sunset boulevard yeah and the original beauty and the beast oh yeah shot that's yeah yeah i've not seen that oh man that yeah that is a uh, really beautiful and um and yeah and then right and then this new film came along and and i get it it was a it was a totally different concept but i'd I it, yeah, I, I, th- I just thought, yeah, what's what, going on here? Yeah, black and white is so tied up in history. I think Alfonso Cuaron, who we will have to get on the podcast sometime because interesting that A, he made a black and white film when it's very difficult to, but B, that he was a director and director of photography on that film, Ooh. which is pretty bananas. Uh, is he a budget thing or he's just a No, I think a it was more of a... Yeah, well, it was, it, the whole thing, the whole production of Roma was crazy. Like, yeah, so the director was also the DP and there, was, so there wasn't really any kind of script. It was all... He basically... It was such a personal thing to him that he basically just... Was all just his vision, his mind on the day with him doing everything. It's pretty nuts. Well, it's been an interesting guy to have on the show. At some I know the directors make a lot of those calls anyway. They do, yeah. Um, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson, I think Phantom Thread doesn't have uh, a DOP. It was just him and the crew making decisions. Mm. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. But um, yeah, I, I guess I think I think he said with Roma is like they, uh, you know, they wanted to he wanted to make like a modern film that looked kind of historic, dramatic, and I, I get that because you know when it's. I guess it is so tied up in history, and if you're going to shoot something set, then it's kind of a nice nod to it. Mm. I think it, I think it does work for me, even though you know it could have been so beautiful to shoot those scenes in Mexico and these massive, great, you know, sets and streets they turned back 40, 40, 50 years. But actually, they did come out looking good in black and white. I think, but but here's the thing: like for me, black and white isn't um, just vintage. It's not just like obviously it's got its ties with with. The beginning of photography uh but i've always kind of seen black and white as having lots of potential for being modern and and you know not just associated with those classic pictures yeah and so but it's always going to have that link like a lot of people the first thing they say when you know they go oh black and white you know that's really classic but i don't really think my pictures are, are necessarily yeah old not, school vibe. yeah no I think I think you might have said this to me once as as well. It's like it's funny, 
when everything was in black and white, when people first did colour, like, you know, in The Wizard of Oz famously goes into colour halfway through, like, that obviously really popped. And now it's almost like the opposite. It's because, you know, in our social media feeds and online articles, we're so constantly assaulted with often sort of quite low quality colour images, you know, just very shot on the fly or like paparazzi stuff or whatever that actually black and white sort of stand can stand out more. Yeah, I, I think it's really quite funny to... It must be a bit surreal for for photographers who started in black and white and read an article or see something about this these photographers shooting in black and white these days and that being a, a brave decision. Mm. <laughs> it must be just a bit like what are you talking about? No, it's, yeah. not. it's just one of the ways to shoot photography. But I I, I honestly didn't I didn't. It took it took a, a bit of cojones to to say I'm not going to shoot color. Yeah, but not not in a kind of personal sense, in a in a kind of job sense. So I, I've turned down work, just been like, if you don't want it in my style, then you know what, what what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, use someone and else. Yeah, pre- precisely because you know I I was offered a a job for a supermarket to shoot a food campaign, and the last thing I want is for someone to you know discover my work and then research me and and go onto google type in alan shallow and then see a picture of a plate of chicken <laughs> you know in you know on my google feed I, I think that would that would jar the general vibe yeah. and it's not worth it's not worth it ultimately it's not worth it yeah um you know i totally understand um having to take jobs that you don't want to do but i think ultimately it's a false economy because if you can establish yourself as as having a vision and as an artist then or whatever you want to call it however it's perceived i i consider myself a photographer not an artist but people love to use that word and if you can get yourself in in people's heads like that then you get access to very different type of work yeah it's better to be known for that and owning that than like being oh i can do anything i can adapt to whatever yes mm. and the best advice i ever had was um Biggest brands in the world don't want to work with commercial photographers. They want to work with artists. Yeah. And even if you don't consider yourself an artist, you know, if you're perceived as one and if people are talking about you like that, then it's, uh, yes, extremely valuable um, in a commercial sense, which may not be why people listening to this podcast want to get into it. But I've, I, I found that I kind of accidentally formed a career out of just loving black and white photography and pursuing that. And, uh, yeah yeah well yeah i hope we uh we one day in our collaborations we do get the opportunity to take it across into the moving image because it would be fun to shoot a black and white film together oh man i i'd, I'd be so up for that we we the film that we worked on together recently um was in color but i, I try i tried to bring my <laughs> yeah i actually could, did consider it for a while and then i just yeah it was too close to production, I think, to start throwing a massive, like, an audible like that into the mix. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be cool. I think it also would be fun to, to like, shatter that perception, you know, because, unfortunately, when people do think black and white films, they do think it's going to be, like, set in, like, a Polish nunnery in, like, <laughs> 1875. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Jesus. But, like, to do something that was kind of, like, a zippy thing or that has car chases. Yeah. But it's in black and white, like a, a black and white action movie. I'd be into that and you don't get to see a lot of that. So maybe we can... Uh... I know. Why the hell not? Yeah. It's like a really valid visual form and people just put it in the box of... Although, you know, for me, it's good. Like the, the less that people do it, <laughs> the, uh, the, the better it is for me. So uh, I'm going to be like, keep shooting color about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we got a pretty good... Uh 
pre in, into the uh, all the colours between black and white there. Several shades of grey. I think that was, yeah, that was... What I was going to say about the film, is, are we going to end with this, which is like actually away from aesthetics and more just about filmmaking, but I have this bold proposition that, which you're going to hate this, but, and it's what I felt with Roma, is that sometimes in a really, really good movie, you need to be bored along the way. Ah. <laughs> uh. I don't know, maybe. Do you know, so I always think that like there are there are some films that are like really like shoot along. And All right, let, let's let's flip that to a meal. No, it's do, not do, applicable. Do, do, Apples do, and oranges. Do you feel like halfway through a meal you should just have a really bad bit of food? <laughs> well, no, I, no, I, no I, let I, me let me spell out this my my point on this because I, I I seriously think and I think that's why like films like well the irishman's maybe not such a good example there are there are films when they when they're constantly entertaining you tend to be very satisfied and then it finishes and you're like that was good i enjoyed that there are some films that like do feel a bit like hard work at times but it was almost like you've got to put in that hard work like i'm thinking of something like the aviator or you know it was, it was like a, it's a long, it's a long it. film it's like it's not a slog it's but it's like it's amazing but yeah. i think the fact that there's the sort of some slowness in there it it kind of like taps away at you and then when something comes together at the end you're like fuck that was intense mm. I, I i don't see the aviator and roma kind of films as, as similar I, I feel like the aviator was yeah it was drawn out and it's not i'm not but i'm not just saying that i need to be like constantly entertained by explosions yeah it, it, it's more just it's, 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 it's a really weird paradoxical thing as well because Roma was about, you know, the life of one incredibly ordinary woman and the, like, the entire point was like she didn't have a, a dramatic, you know, crazy life but it was like we're just going to study her. And part of, so like, part of it needed to be a little bit mundane mm. so then by the end of it you're like, wow, I've witnessed this person's life. I, I, I feel it, like I understand the film and, and why it was made and, and, and everything. It's just, you know, it's just a taste thing, I guess. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen films that I think are aren't fast paced uh like coen brothers do that quite a bit mm. uh where but i've just really enjoyed it like there are different ways of of keeping people's attention without it needing to you know it can just be a visual aesthetic thing it can be a di- you know a dialogue thing yeah i just feel like if i'm feeling like i'm not wanting to be there anymore yeah that a film has let me down somehow <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the coen brothers actually because i oh, that's another thing i think is so interesting about film is like how it can go through massive peaks and valleys how there can be a director who's incredible and they can make a fantastic film and then they can make a totally shit film and mm. in a way that i think you know there's more consistency often something like in music but there are coen brothers films that i absolutely love you know no country for men is amazing yeah I, I enjoyed burn after reading and uh you know true grit hail caesar i was bored to tears i like i just couldn't bear yeah. it and it's i think it's really weird serious that, like, man was pretty bad yeah, I, I don't mind that but it's just it's funny how someone with who's working at the same level with the same set of skills can make something that you absolutely love and make something you just literally like you want to like just get out of there and do anything else but it's kind of fascinating that that's possible yeah and everyone will have a different uh take on that yeah some people will be absolutely i feel like that. everyone should just make black and white films that should be a thing <laughs> it should be a an industry rule well maybe is there a, a black and white film festival out there if there's not we should uh, set that up we should start it yeah the candela film festival for <laughs> black and white excellence <laughs> I like that. Name needs work, but we'll get halfway there. I like the name. <laughs> Excellence. Excellence. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll return to normal order in the next episode. Yes. We've got Until some then. really great guests coming up. Yeah. Promise. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, until then, I hope, thanks for listening. I hope everyone's enjoying the show. We definitely welcome feedback. We're, we're trying to uh, make the audio as good as we can. We're working with some very, very different situations and different setups with people all over the shop, but we're heading for consistency. We're trying our best, goddammit. We're trying our best. <laughs> and yeah, um, we're, we're both manning the account on uh, Candela Podcast, so hit us up if you have any comments or questions or any kind of suggestions for future episodes. All right. Peace. Peace out.